Hello and welcome to the GTR News Brief. It's Wednesday, June the 17th, and here are a few of the top stories from the world of trade and trade finance this week. A shipping industry group is calling for the sector to boost the take-up of the electronic bill of lading through standardisation. The Digital Container Shipping Association says this will save the industry as much as $4 billion a year. The independent organisation was established in 2019 by several of the largest container shipping companies and now is set to launch an initiative to develop open source standards for the electronic bill of lading. The blockchain platform for open account trade, We.Trade, has cut around half of its workforce after struggling to secure funding from several of its member banks, as well as one external investor. GTR has learnt that with funds running short, more than a dozen employees were made redundant last week. The job losses come just weeks after technology giant IBM took a 7% stake in the company. A representative at We.Trade tells GTR that flexibility and attention to cost structures are important for any young business, and added that while some banks opted to not reinvest for a variety of reasons, a significant number did. Now we take a closer look at a major story from last week. UK business groups are again raising concerns over the lack of progress in Brexit negotiations, and they say that even if a free trade agreement, an FTA, is agreed by the December deadline, the government faces crucial questions over how it would be implemented in practice. Senior reporter John Basquill provides an update on talks and discusses how exporters are preparing for the years to come, deal or not. Yeah, um, so earlier this month, UK and EU negotiators finished the fourth round of talks about a free trade agreement, um, an FTA, between the two markets. Um, uh, As we saw with uh, the previous rounds, there wasn't a huge amount of progress. Um, uh, In the words of Michel Barnier, the the EU's chief negotiator, there was some progress, but not much. Um, Barnier, uh, Barnier also accused British negotiators of refusing to seriously engage with this team in a few areas. Um, fishing is a, a well-known point of contention um, that he mentioned. Uh, but there were also disagreements over EU demands for a level playing field between the EU and the UK. So essentially uh, measures that would stop UK firms potentially having an unfair advantage over their EU counterparts. There's obviously been a huge amount of talk about extending the transition period which we're in at the moment. So as things stand, the UK is no longer an EU member state, but is in this transition period, which lasts until the end of end of the year. Um, from a trade perspective, during that transition period, it's as if the UK is still a member. Um, the issue is, uh, last year's withdrawal agreement said the transition period could only be extended if both sides agreed before the end of June, so this month. Um, and the UK government's consistently and repeatedly ruled that out. So as things stand, it's either leaving the EU with an FTA at the end of this year or failing to agree a deal and trading on WTO terms instead. So essentially a a no-deal Brexit. What would it mean for businesses then, John, if a deal is agreed in time after all? So it would be possible to agree an FTA quickly, uh, although potentially difficult, um, but there's an important issue uh, that we think is largely being overlooked. Um, We know that because the UK will be out of the European single market, whatever FTA is agreed, will mean there are more non-tariff barriers to trade than there are now. Uh, So that could be regulatory differences, it could be uh, border checks, those kinds of things. Um, And the question is then, will the FTA be implemented immediately, overnight, 
uh, so it takes effect from January the 1st. Uh, it's hard to see how a sudden introduction of new non-tariff barriers could be done smoothly. Uh, this came up um, during a Parliament committee inquiry, uh, an evidence hearing last week, where witnesses essentially pointed out that introducing barriers to trade overnight because a deal has been agreed is going to feel on the ground like having left without one. So that's leading to questions about whether the FTA itself could contain some kind of transitional arrangement where where those barriers are phased in, but that's not a perfect solution either. Um, and then I, sh I should add that since we published the article, uh, the UK government has said border controls for EU goods being imported into the UK will be introduced in stages. So customs requirements will depend on the type of goods being brought in. And can you tell me which business groups are concerned about the pace of progress, especially during the COVID-19 crisis? Yeah, the, the Confederation of British Industry, the CBI, um, uh, an influential business group representing nearly 200,000 UK firms, uh, has been quite outspoken about its concerns. So um, leaving without a deal was already a concern for the business community, um, but the COVID-19 pandemic has really upped the stakes. The CBI said last week businesses are already fighting to survive because of the, because of the pandemic and that uh, a good deal with the EU would be an essential part of helping those businesses recover. To put it bluntly, leaving the EU without a deal or, or suddenly introducing new requirements from January the 1st would be creating new challenges for firms that are involved in international trade at a time when they're already struggling. Um, Josh Hardy, who's the CBI's Deputy Director General, um, said uh, a week or two ago, the stark reality is that most businesses are understandably unprepared for dramatic change in trading relations with our biggest partner in just six months' time. And whether the UK and EU reach a deal or not, how are UK exporters preparing for the years to come? Yeah, we've started to see signs that exporting businesses are already changing their behaviour um, in preparation for the UK being fully outside the EU. Uh, there was a major study published recently by the University of Aston which looked at the trading activities of uh, 26,000 UK companies uh, and it found many are already actively switching exports away from EU markets and towards other developed economies. And the value of trade that's already been shifted away from EU markets is, is it's already worth more than £10 billion per year. Um, the report said that in terms of sectors, uh, that trend was strongest in industries that would be exposed to future tariffs. So food and drink, chemicals, textiles, uh, transport manufacturing, for, for example. Um, in terms of destinations, so where those those firms are switching their exports to, um, uh, um, there, were quite, there was quite a long list given, but it was the BRICS countries, so um, Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa, um, as well as Australia and New Zealand, um, some parts of sub-Saharan Africa, and then to a lesser extent, Japan, South Korea and the US. Um, that study actually followed uh, a recent survey that found more than half of UK businesses are currently considering exporting goods and services into new markets. And that's partly due to Brexit, but also partly due to COVID-19. And finally, John, how are talks between the UK and Japan going? How might a UK-Japan trade deal look different to the one agreed with the EU? Yeah, talks with Japan are a, a potential bright spot. So the UK and Japan opened negotiations around an FTA earlier in June, uh, and that news was, was immediately welcomed by business groups. Uh, Japan already has an FTA with the EU that was agreed in um, 2018. Uh, any deal here is likely to be materially very similar to that. 
um, but we, we're expecting a small number of significant differences. So, uh, for example, the UK government has said it wants to go further on digital trade and data flows. Um, where we're expecting issues are around agriculture. So Japan has historically been quite protective over access to its agriculture market. Um, as a result of that, the UK might not find itself granted the same level of access as, as, as the EU was able to negotiate. Um, we're also expecting changes when it comes to tariffs on cars or, or parts. So the EU deal phases out a 10% tariff on automotive parts over a, over a seven year period. Japan is seeking that same reduction of tariffs uh, when trading car or car parts with the UK, but potentially much more quickly. Um, that's potentially a concern for automotive industry groups in the UK that we spoke to. Um, they're currently saying they would prefer maximum alignment with the EU deal wherever possible. Um, it's not necessarily a deal breaker, but those groups are keen to be consulted closely before any tariff reductions or timetables are agreed. And other news um, on this on this point, since uh, this article was published, um, the UK is now beginning talks over a free trade agreement with Australia and New Zealand. Thanks for listening to this episode of the GTR News Brief. We'll have more stories from the world of trade and trade finance soon. The music used for this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod with his track Loopster, as well as South London Hi-Fi with their track Sunrise Drive. Thanks for listening.